I love you guys. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. I know, it feels so weird, like celebrating Valentine's Day when it's not 20 below zero, um, but just enjoy it. Um, we're, we're in the middle of our series uh, called Let's Celebrate, in which each Sunday we've got a, we're celebrating a different holiday. We did this during adventure camp with the kids, and we didn't want to like hold out on you guys. We didn't want you guys to feel left out, like, wait, the kids get to celebrate Christmas in July? Why can't I celebrate Christmas twice this year? Don't worry, we got you. So today is our celebration of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, I, it's just a guess. Okay, just a guess. You can ask Heidi afterwards if you really want to all, you know, embarrass her. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that Valentine's Day is Heidi's, like, I'm going to say second favorite holiday. You know, it's her favorite holiday is always when the kids, you know, are, are home from wherever they're living at the time. Uh, so that's her favorite holiday. It doesn't really matter to her what holiday it is. Uh, but is, if all the kids are home, that's her favorite. I'd say her second favorite is Valentine's Day. She, I don't know, I don't remember when it started. I just remember like us staying up late because Heidi had been like making all of these Valentine's decorations. She made her own like streamers with hearts on them. And, and then after the kids were in bed, like we were hanging them up outside of their room so that as soon as they open up the door, it's, it's like Valentine's exploded in the hallway. Uh, you know, there's there, and there was, you know, she, she bakes cookies and with the, with the icing and everything and like messages on them. And, and, she, and then my, my favorite part is the part that she lets me be involved in which is we, we write all of these little post-it notes of encouragement and messages of love. Just these little Valentines, and she covers the mirror in the bathroom or in the hallway, and, and, I, and, and Kat has been collecting these for I don't know how long, and so there's an entire wall in my daughter Catherine's, you know, room that's not really her room anymore because she doesn't live here. Um, it's just, just covered in these notes of love and encouragement. And I, and I think that the reason why it's one of Heidi's favorite holidays is because she absolutely loves showering love on her kids and on other people. And she wants, she wants to make sure that no matter what's happening in, in their life, no matter what's happening at school, no matter what's happening on the team, no matter what's happening at work, she wants to make absolutely sure that they know that they are loved. Loved by us, but way more than us. Loved by God. And we love celebrating, uh, so we love celebrating Valentine's Day, so it's a no-brainer that we get to do this, uh, you know, with you during the Let's Celebrate holiday, you know, theme. Um, and, and, and so for us, each and every holiday that we've been celebrating points us to Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. So this is going to come as like no surprise to you, uh, you know, given the fact that we've got like, you are loved, you know, stuff kind of plastered all over this place. You've been here, you've been singing, but I want you to hear clearly. You are loved. 
God, the almighty God, the God who made everything, who, sh- who gave life to you, that awesome God who's seated in heaven, you know, on, on, a, on a throne, just shining in all of his glory, he loves you. And I'm not talking just like a general love of like, oh yeah, love you guys. No, loves you specifically, knows you by name, knows your heart, knows your intentions, knows everything that you've done. Yes, even that thing. And he still loves you. He knows the things that you haven't done and he still loves you. That's our awesome God. And that's, that's who we worship, and that's how, who, we, who we celebrate. And so if you say to yourself, well, okay, fine. Well, let's check out how God describes love. You want to know what love is like? Because we use love all the time. Like, I, you know, you can say I love my car or my job, you know, I love my wife or, and this, the the verses that we're about to read are read at like every wedding ever. So let's check out God's definition of love. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, uh, and if you've been to a wedding this season, you may have heard these verses. Um, We're starting in verse four reading in Jesus' name because this is God's word, not mine. And so, you know, God, God's speaking to us. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Here ends the reading of God's word. I hear that. If that's what love is, I don't think I've ever loved anyone ever. If that's the description of love, I'm like, oh, I, I fall way short. That ain't me. You, you know, and, I, and I, I tell this, I prep every single, every single couple who's coming to me, and they're like, oh, we love each other. We want to get married. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And we're planning the wedding, and they've got the flowers picked out, and the menu picked out, and the dress is gorgeous, of course, and everything else. And they're like, we would love you to read that love passage. And I'm like, I don't think you really do. And they're like, no, but we love each other. And I'm like, not like that, you don't. You see, I'm sorry, this is setting the bar really high. If you're going to read this passage at your wedding, and you're going to be like, I love you, and love is patient and kind and doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. I don't know if you could get past there. You see, because I could guarantee that at a wedding, I can guarantee one thing. There's two selfish little sinners who are getting married to each other, and they love each other, and they want to love each other, but they don't love each other like this. I said, maybe like a different passage that talks about forgiveness would be better to read, because you'll have plenty of chances to forgive each other. You know what I'm saying. But everybody wants the love passage. Why? Because that's awesome. That kind of love, 
That's fantastic. Love is patient. Love is not sitting in the car honking the horn. Let's go. Love is not tapping their foot, waiting by the door. I'm waiting. That's not love. That may have occurred at your house this morning, but that's not love. <laughs> love is patient. Love waits. Love waits. And it doesn't wait grumpy. Love is kind. L love is kind. It's not mean. It's generous and giving. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. Love isn't looking at what others have, you know, and, and saying, oh, I want that. So the context that this is written in is absolutely awesome. He, he, Paul, you know, through the inspiration of God, is writing this to a church in Corinth. And this church has got it going on. They're growing like crazy. They're huge. They, they've got a lot of wealth. They've got, and God has given them a ton of gifts. They got problems too. Like, you know, I don't want to get into those. Anyways, uh, but they, they're truly blessed, and they got a ton of gifts. It's just that this church in Corinth has one big, huge problem. They don't love each other. And what Paul says right before this whole love thing is he says, man, if, if, if we at this church could, 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 could speak in the tongues of men and angels, if we could communicate perfectly the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we could be the best communicators the gospel in this entire area, but we don't have love? We're just a clanging gong, crashing cymbal. It's meaningless. It's worthless. All that noise is just worthless. Paul, Paul says that, you know, like even if you had prophetic powers, if you could predict the future, if God poured out all of his prophecy into this church, Word of Life Church, uh, or Corinth, and, and you know, and, and said, man, you guys could prophesy if you could do all of that, but you don't love each other, it's worthless. If you have faith so awesome that it could move mountains, I can't even move a blade of grass. I'm not talking about mountains. But if we had, if we had the, all of the faith that God could ever give all poured out into the church in Corinth or into the church right here, but don't have love, it's worthless. I don't know what's going on in your life, and I don't know what you have, but love does not envy. Love doesn't look at somebody else's gifts and be like, man, I wish I was that guy, or I wish I had, I, you know, I wish I had these skills right here. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't look at what other people have, that house, that truck, that car, that camper, that boat. Love doesn't envy. And love doesn't boast either. Love doesn't say, hey, check out what I got. You should see how great I am. Love doesn't boast. Love is not arrogant. 
Love doesn't think that it's the best, which is kind of ironic in a sense because this is God speaking. God literally is the greatest. He's not just like I could stand up here and say, I'm the greatest. And all of you would be like, well, mm, uh, maybe it's something. I'm not sure what, <laughs> but yeah, okay, you're pretty good. Greatest? Mm, it's a little too far. Uh, you know, um, but God could stand up and say, he's the greatest, and he truly is the greatest. And yet even God doesn't boast about being the greatest. Why? Because he loves us. Love doesn't boast. Love is not rude. Love isn't cutting people off. Love isn't cutting people off in traffic, but love isn't cutting people off in conversation either. You ever talk to somebody, you know, and you're, you know, you're having this conversation and then all of a sudden you know that they're not really listening because they're just waiting. They're just waiting for that point in time where they could get their word in. You know, like they've been thinking about this thing to say and they're like, oh, I'm going to let them have it. Oh, I got something to say. And they just like cut you right off in that conversation. <laughs> you know those, I'm not... You aren't those people. Those people are out there. You don't cut anybody off in conversation. I am positive. Only those people do. Love isn't rude. Love doesn't insist on its own way. I don't know if it's like the way to church or the way to do things right. You know, like that's not the way you load the dishwasher. I don't know. We really don't have to insist on our own way about the dishwasher, do we? That's not the way to do it. That's not the way to mow the lawn. You're doing it wrong. Love doesn't insist on its own way. Love listens. Love is looking out for others. Love is not irritable. And when I read, love is not irritable, I know for certain that I do not love like that. Because I get hangry. I know that I'm being irritable. I know that I am not loving my family like this because someone in my family will walk up and say, hey, did you have lunch today? Can I make you a sandwich? You need a sandwich. <laughs> I know it sounds funny. That really happens. Like, Heidi really does that. Bree really does that. My family really says, hey, can I make you a sandwich? That's code language for, you're hangry. You're being grumpy. Please, get some calories in your system, then maybe take a nap. Love doesn't need a nap. Because love isn't irritable. Love doesn't need a sandwich. Love doesn't need a little rest time. Love doesn't need some alone time, like off in the corner, you know, or something like that. Love doesn't need a retreat. Love is never irritable. Love doesn't sm is not resentful. The word uh, that's translated as resentful uh, can also be translated, maybe some of your Bibles has, uh, love keeps no record of wrongs, you know? Love isn't keeping track of the number of times that you've messed up. Love isn't keeping track of the number of times that you've sinned. Love especially isn't keeping track of the number of times that you've sinned against, you know, somebody that you love. 
You know, love isn't kind of there like, well, it's been a rough week for you, buddy. Uh, you've sinned against me with your mouth at least half a dozen times. I don't know how many times you've sinned against me in your mind, but I could see it in that look of yours. And I... <laughs> so I'm sorry, you're over your quota. You know, I've been keeping track. Sorry, uh, you're going to have to hit the road. No, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love just keeps on forgiving. Love forgives, and love forgives. And when, you, and when we've failed, and when we've messed up, and when we've sinned against one another, love forgives, forgives, and forgives again. Love is not resentful. Love doesn't smile at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love doesn't look at the, I don't know if you're ever, you know, hanging out with somebody and you're like thinking about the past and you did something truly wrong. And you're like, you got that smile on your face and you're like, oh, I really, I really stepped in at that time. That was really bad, you know, but you're smiling about it. Like, no, that's not love. If you're talking to somebody that you love and you're recalling a time that you have hurt them and you're smiling about it, that's not love. Love doesn't smile at wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. And that truth can be found in God's word. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what we rejoice in. We rejoice in Christ and what he's done. Love <clears throat> bears all things. Love carries the load. Every time I, I hear this sentence, I think about a time. I used to be, uh, when I was in college, I was a landscaper. And my boss, like, we took every job imaginable. I, was, I, was, I thought I was going to be mowing lawns. I was also painting houses, you know, replacing windows. And during the winter, I was refinishing basements. Well, it happened that one of our really great customers, I will say this. One of the things I absolutely loved about that job is when a family would, uh, a customer would pay us to come and chop down a tree. And then in the fall, they would bring us to, pay us to bring that tree back in the form of firewood. And then in the spring, they would pay us again to bring the rest of the tree back in the form of wood chips and mulch. I'm like, that was cool. You know what wasn't cool? When my boss said to a customer, yes, we will carry that freezer out of your basement. Here's what happened. The customer, I know, you're thinking, this is a good one. The customer went on vacation. What they didn't know is that the power went out two weeks ago. The house, yes, it was hot when they got there because we're talking about Jersey, you know, during the summer. And so, like, yes, in Jersey during the summer, we had to go into a customer's basement and carry out their freezer. Guess what that freezer was full of? Meat and maggots is literally the wor second worst smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. I won't tell you about the first one. That's really bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Like we're choking and gagging. It, there, was, there was slime leaking out of it as we were carrying it. And it is like on us and like, our, it was, oh, it's so bad. 
And we had to carry that load up, up the stairs through, you know, and then out into the garage, then load it into a truck, then bring it someplace, then we had to take it out. And then, then we had to clean all of that rancid meat, maggot, juice, slime smelling stuff out of the freezer before we were allowed to recycle the freezer. When I think of love bears all things, love carries that load. Because like, without the love of Jesus Christ, that's me. I smell like that freezer. Without the love of Jesus Christ, me and my sin, I'm just a rancid, slimy, stinking mess. And what Jesus does, because he loves us, is he, he bears that. He takes our sin, he carries us, and he takes that stinking, rotten sin, and he takes it and bears it all the way to the cross. He bore our sins. He who knew no sin, that's Jesus, bears our sins to the cross. Love bears all things. That's love. Love believes all things. Love believes Jesus when Jesus says, all things are possible with God. Amen. We just don't always act like it. Love hopes. Love looks forward to what God is going to do. Love looks forward to the re return of Christ. Love looks forward to the hope of eternity in heaven with him. That's love looking forward to that. Love hopes Love endures. If I could promise you anything, is that life will be hard. You will, you will have afflictions. You will have persecution. You will have hard days, weeks, months. You will have things that come into your life that you absolutely never planned on. And love endures that. Love sticks with it even through the hardest of days. I'm going to ask you to pray for, um, for a family who recently started worshiping with us a little bit, and I hope you guys are worshiping with us today. Uh, our friend Cassie just got home from the um, hospital Friday night after six weeks of, uh, of therapy after she broke her back when she fell. You may have received one of the prayer, prayer uh, emails. Um, she just got home, and it's so incredibly encouraging to see the number of people helping to pour a new concrete walkway and building a new deck and a ramp and, 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 you know, and, and people who are willing to, to donate like, you know, handicapped handrails so that she can get into her shower and, and, and go to the bathroom and everything. It happened the day before she turned 40. And I don't think... I, you know, and love endures. You see, things will be hard. Hard things are going to happen. Love endures. There are people suffering on the island of Maui. And what the governor has called the worst natural disaster that Hawaii has ever had. As fires just raged, 
And I think the death toll, at least like six hours ago, was up to 89 people. Because lightning struck. Yeah, life is really hard. And there are things and suffering and afflictions and health problems and, and, and you know exactly what your heart is or what you're going through in your family, in your life, in your workplace. Love endures all of that. Love endures. Love never ends. It's not like love for a moment or love for a day. Love literally never ends. And if you look at this and you hear my description and you say to yourself, you're right, pastor. I don't love like that. I love with a selfish love. I love with kind of like a, you know, when it's great for me, love. I love loving the people who are easy to love. And it's hard to love the people who are hard to love. If you could look at this and say, that's God's love. Yeah, that is God's love. I don't love like that. But that is exactly how God loves you. It is exactly how God loves you. God is patient with you. God is kind to you. God isn't arrogant. God isn't boasting. He's not like envying or, or any of that sort of stuff. God does bear all things. All of your stuff, God bears it. He carries it for you. This is exactly how God loves you. And if you look at this and you say, that's how God loves me, because you're like, yeah, because that looks an awful lot like how Jesus loves. 1 John chapter 4 says this. Beloved, ones who are loved. That's what beloved means. Hey, loved ones. Let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love doesn't know God because God is love. God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It means it was revealed or made clear among us. That God sent his only son into the world that we might have life through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the sin sacrifice for us. God is love. And, it, and while we have trouble loving like he loves when we are loved by God and believing in Him and receiving Jesus Christ and His work for us, He gives us His love. He loves us first, and then He gives us His love to love each other with. So, you are loved. You may not always feel it, and you may not always realize it, you might not always think it, but you are loved by God, and that's exactly how He loves you. And now we get, in our own imperfect way, we get to love each other. And if you want to try and figure out how to love someone, start reading this every day. 
If you're in a hard situation, you're like, I don't know, having a lot of trouble loving you right now. Okay, just read this. And it'll probably give us some really good tips on how to love each other. I get it. I can be hard to love sometimes. I'm thankful for people. I'm thankful for you who love me. And bring me a sandwich when I'm irritable. Let's pray. Lord God, you are awesome. You are high and lifted up, seated on a throne in heaven, in shining in all of your glory. And in all of that, you love us. You know us intimately. You know us by name. You know our thoughts and you know our, everything that we've done or will do. And you still love us. We confess to you, Lord, that we have fallen short over and over and over again, and yet you still love us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for pouring out your love into our life and giving us your love to love each other with. Help us to love one another. We, the church could grow and, 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 and there could be like, you know, so many kids and then children's ministry and all sorts of things could be going great. But if we don't have love, it's meaningless. And so we ask you, Lord God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you please love us and give us love so that we could love each other. Help us to love each other the way you love us. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.